Mind Gap Podcast. Everybody. Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin, and we are so excited for you to be here tonight. We are so excited to bring this show to you. And we did it, Doug. We did it. We did we it. We didn't overthink it. We just did it. That's We're right. I'm so excited that we did it. Yes. Excited to be here. Excited to bring the show. I'm excited we did it. I'm excited we got Moon Silhouette on the chat right now. That's right. Mm. Moon in the chat. Two other mystery people. Ooh, we're excited! Show, you, show yourselves, mystery people. That's right. I want to see you. Want to hear you? I want to be you. Maybe. I want to be you. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Reveal who you are, and then we'll see if we want to. Tell be me. You. Tell me your circumstances, and I'll do an ask practical Doug situation where I'll see whether or not <laughs> I want to be in your circumstances because that's just a practical situation. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what? You could be one of those mystery people too if you're listening to this. You know that you could if you're watching this yeah. after the fact. We stream this on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central at YouTube.com/slash/MindGapPodcast. Be a part of the show. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, then you really are a mystery person because. I oh seven says I am revealed. I knew it. You knew it's got moon and seven. That's right. We figured out who it was because at first it was just a little bit of intrigue. You know, we've got people hiding in the shadows, watching Two anonymous people hiding yet, in the shadow of the moon, and yet they didn't want to reveal themselves. Why? And then just like that. himself and it's cool it's seven yep it was good i like how moon is is in the chat they've got their own soundboard i know right they're just putting asterisk <laughs> fart asterisk and, I, and waves so, yeah and waves i'm so here for this i love it Me too. i absolutely love it text to sound that's awesome it sounds good yeah <laughs> Anyway, uh, very excited yeah. to be here. Um, it's we've got a great show for you, full of lots of good stuff, thoughtful things as usual. Yeah. You know, we've prepared tonight, which we is were, different. We were pensive about this. Mm-hmm. You know, thoughtful, putting all Paul, 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 putting all of our thought eggs into the basket <laughs> of the universe. And, you know, and we're waiting we for extract. those eggs to hatch. Right. You know, we may extract one and make a thought omelet for mm. you. You know, mm-hmm. when you make mm-hmm. an omelet, do you add cream to it? There's a big debate that goes on about this. Ooh, this is uh, this is good. I I used to, I used to think that you had to add milk for a long time when I was growing up. It was like a tablespoon for every egg that you put in. Oh, and interesting. Then, okay. uh, for a little bit, it's it, I th- I thought it was water, and then I got to the point where I just don't put anything in it. And it works okay. just fine. I've heard various things. I think my understanding is that I think most, I don't know how to say this without sounding, uh, disintegrating is not the word, um, patronizing, uh, uh condescending. Okay. There we go. You there know. it is. Okay. <laughs> it's like without disintegrating you, uh, is <laughs> that I think, I think the pros don't put any liquid in there. See, Gordon Ramsay makes his with, Crème fraîche. Yes. Yeah. Yes. For the floofiness. So, yeah, it says it makes it. I don't know. I I don't. 
I've had them both ways. I enjoy them both ways, but typically I don't, I'm not, I don't add any liquid to my, I'll put a little bit of butter in the bottom of the pan, but that's about it. You know, I do a little bit of olive oil in the pan, a little bit of olive oil. There you and go. Then, yeah. uh, and then, and then fry them up that way. And I honestly, it's just like an extra step. I'm like, I don't, I don't need this. It's, it's fine. Do you, do you normally do scramby eggs or you do sunny set up? What's your preferred method of egg here? Well, let me ask you this. What's your preferred method when you're making them versus when you go out and order them? Because Ooh, great I, question. I'm different. Well, it also have, depends on where you order them from because some places, you know, do them, fair. you know, different it's ways. Uh, personally, I think if I scramble is just the quickest way to do it, you know, just like sure. I'm scramble up real quick, bing, bang, boom, you're done, put them on your plate, eat them up. I personally like an over easy egg, but the way I like to do it now, because I used to screw this up, I didn't screw it up, but I just found better ways to do it, which is you get the egg in the pan, right? Yeah. And then you just, you know, you cook it for a little bit until the, the whites get set and they're not, you know, well, not even that much. Just so you, you put them in the pan, you put a little bit of water in there to steam it and you cover it and you let the steam cook the egg and then Ooh. you don't have to flip them and they come out until just once the whites are set, they're not snotty anymore and then you pop uh -huh. them out and you're bing, ba, boo, ba, ba. You know what I mean? So you don't flip your eggs at all. The nope. steam cooks the tops and it gets, it gets the consistency of an over easy, but you're not flipping them. That's a cool hack. I never yeah, knew that. Because I ran into a lot of problems where I'd flip it. And no matter how careful I was, not, not yeah. all the time, but you, you always you run the risk of breaking the egg, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. So, and then you yeah. just had a fried egg. Like yeah. that's a, yeah, once, they, once, once the yolk snaps. Uh, how do you do? I'm curious because it's fun. If you go online and just look how to make scrambled eggs, you will get as many links as there are on the internet, you'll get that many ways to make scrambled eggs. You put it in a cold pan and you let the eggs come up to heat. You put it in a hot pan. You do it low simmer. You do it with cream. You do it with the, uh, all these different, you know. So what is your, if you're making me scrambled eggs in the morning after we've cuddled, what is your method? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I wouldn't make you scrambled eggs. What I no. would do is I would make you... I'd start out by toasting some sourdough bread. All right. Mm -hmm. Sourdough bread. Is this homemade sourdough? In a perfect world, sure. Never made it before, but we'll assume that I just made it. All right. Okay. So I, I, I toast up some toast for you, some sourdough bread. Okay. I, I, I chop up your favorite thing, some mushrooms. Okay. I chop them up. You know about, me so well. About seven ounces, right? I mm. put them in the pan, season them with a little mm. bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. That salt will pull out the moisture, you know, get it wet. And then, you know, let that cook down for about four minutes. And then I'm going to spoon out some signs of being fucking wet. I was late on it, but yeah. No, it's still there. So I spoon out two nice uh, heaping spoonfuls of pesto. I put it in the mm. pan. I scraped the, the uh, Jesus, words are failing me tonight. Mushroom? Mushrooms. I was like, tomatoes, okay. potatoes, mushrooms. <laughs> Scrape the mushrooms to the side. Put the pesto in there. Then I take three eggs. Plop them in on top of the pesto. I cover the pan. I cover it up. And I let the mm. steam. You just really cook those eggs. And then toast on the plate. I get the eggs on the toast with some mushrooms, a little bit of crushed red pepper. Pop, 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 pop. Bam. There you go. That sounds delicious. Yeah. It's one of my that favorite breakfasts to make. I love it. Yeah. I don't like mushrooms, but mm -hmm. it, everything else sounds delicious. Also, if you, you can do place mushrooms. Like yeah. that would be amazing. Yeah. There you go. Now Maybe back a to bit my actual question. Yeah. How the fuck do you make scrambled eggs? Oh, that's easy. So I start with some sourdough <laughs> toast. Okay. <And> when, 
Are we cutting a loop? Um, yeah, so oh, I, I do. I, I, it's really easy. I throw however many eggs I want to do. Scram. I, you know, whisk them up. Uh, so you're a whisker. Yeah. Well, I, I take a fork. Because I know the some people who crack them in the pan and they'll break them up and start moving them around in the pan. And that's how they scramble them. I like to I like to mix them together and put salt in there with it to mix up to get the salt in there while I, you know, same because that actually it. helps break down the protein and helps make them fluffier. Yes. Because I also want to I want an even distribution of like uh, yellow throughout, you okay. know, just because I don't personally care. But, you know, whatever, just for the sake of it. So yeah. I'll mix it up first and then I'll heat up the pan, preheat it. A little bit of olive oil in there, throw it in there, and then you know, bang, bang, boom. You know, maybe throw some cheese on there if you're feeling you're feeling cheesy, and yep. then done. I make Natalie an egg, a scrambled egg, every morning before school. Yeah. So like, I got that's this about down to the science. same the same as I'm going. Yeah, uh, you just I, I put a little butter in so olive oil. I could easily replace that with olive oil. I don't really give a shit. But same thing. I whisk it, a little salt as I'm whisking. Throw it in the pan, medium heat. Let it let it slow and steady. And then, uh, and then you got it. You got a good mm -hmm. thing going. I usually like to put. Actually, I like a little dill in mine. I like yeah. throwing a little bit of dill on there. That's just my personal. I remember taste. you doing like you were when we worked at assignment desk. You were like, "Tell me, like, there's this dill cheese that I absolutely needed to try." And I think I tried it. Was, and it, I was, was it uh, cheese curds from Wisconsin? Maybe that that, that may have been it. Back? It was something like that, and you were like, okay. "Dude, this is." It's, I realized that I'm like. You can not keep a your deal. deal. And keep keep your deal. Like I'm fine. Yeah? I don't need a little bit goes a long way with me. Where I've had some, I'm like, that's that's powerful. That's some powerful yeah. stuff right there. I wonder so. if you've got a similar thing with dill as some people have with cilantro, where they're like, you know what I mean? Like I, like some people have that where they think cilantro tastes soapy. Mm -hmm. You know, you're either a cilantro person or not. I don't know if I I've honestly don't know if I've actually tried cilantro before. Like I'm not against trying it, but. That's, that surprises me with as much may, cooking as you do that you've never come across a recipe that calls for it. I mean, it, it may have, but I just don't have it on hand, so I just okay. don't use it. I may just the leave it out. The problem I always find with cilantro is that you buy it. I always, and that's the thing, I, I need like a, a, a handful of cilantro, like a palm full of it, and then the rest of it just goes, I never, I make that one dish and I'm not going to make it the next night. So that cilantro just sits. So my problem with buying cilantro is that I buy it, I use maybe a quarter of it, and then... It's just the rest of it just sits until I finally have the willpower to throw it. You got to put it in a cup, like you got to put it together in a thing, a thing of water in the fridge, and the water will keep it fresh. You got to use it. That too, you got to use it. You know, so that's you got to use thing. it eventually. It only yes. keeps it fresh for so long. Yeah. Moon, Moon asked, uh, "Have we ever tried poached eggs?" Personally, I love poached eggs on toast. My grandfather. It's one of the first things I used to cook. I, I learned to cook with him as he would. Do poached eggs, do toast, butter on the toast, pop the egg on there, salt and pepper, and you just smush up the poached egg and you've got – you can if you want to get fancy, throw avocado on there or whatever you want to do. But that that was childhood to me, sitting in my grandfather's kitchen eating poached egg on toast. I love that. I love a poached egg. I just don't like taking the time to do it. Yeah. It's well, like I got – It's extra effort. I got an egg poacher. So I don't I do not do the, the boiling water with a uh, little vinegar in there mm -hmm. and you swirl it around – I got it. I do the cheap way, right? Mm -hmm. I got you crack it into the egg poacher. You got water underneath, and let it boil. And for two two and a half minutes later, you're good. Nice, very easy. Yeah. I also very much like hard boiled eggs, but I, do too. I don't like going through the process of making them. 
hard boiled eggs are a bitch to make. They, again, they're, it's easy, but it's just t- like you've got to watch them. You got to take them off at the right time. You got to plunge them. Yeah, you got to put them in the ice bath, and it's just like, man. And yeah. then you got to peel them. You know, like it's just. Yeah. I I, I love a hard boiled egg. Part. You know, it's yeah. just it's just kind of a pain in the ass. I used to do that for a while. That was like when I was early on. With my diet and stuff like that, I was like hard boiled eggs all day, baby. I was like, God, this fucking sucks. Like, I'll be into it a recipe for a while, but then I'm like, man, this yeah. is really time intensive. It like is, right yeah. now, I'm pre making like some some breakfast. I make these breakfast sandwiches. It's uh, mm-hmm. I make sheet pan eggs, which is awesome. You uh, just cut off like squares and you're so good. So I have like a little recipe. It's got like uh, eggs. It's got cottage cheese. It's got cheddar cheese. It's got um, Parmesan Reggiano. Some seasoning in there. Mix it all together, put it on a sheet pan with parchment, and I cook it for like eight to ten minutes. Come out, it's all just a sheet, and yes, then I sir. I cut them up, and then I do lean ground beef with some turkey sausage. I mix that together into patties to make little sausage patties, and I season them accordingly. Fry those up, and then I put the egg, some provolone cheese, the sausage on an egg Mc- or like an egg. Oh, Jesus Christ, uh, fucking English muffin. English muffin. Wrap those up in the I got freezer you all night. I got you. I know you got me. I wrap those up, put them in the freezer, and then bam, microwave them in the morning. Good to go. That's easy, man. Yeah. So, you, so you literally you prep all the way up to. You're not assembling them in the morning. You're mm-hmm. you're pulling them out, putting them in the heating them up, and you're good. Yeah. yeah. That's that's smart. I got to get more into meal prep. I think that's that's a big thing. It's huge. Is uh, I just I have an aversion. I I'm all for leftovers, but I have. I prefer, much prefer something when it's cooked fresh. So my problem with meal prep is it just never tastes quite as good as when you cook it day of. Oh, and yeah. that's, I'm thinking like if I'm making something, if I'm prepping on a Sunday and I'm eating this thing on a Friday, uh, I don't know, it's been sitting in the fridge all week and I'm heating it up. It just doesn't, you know, it's a tough sell for me. Yeah, it's all good. I think you got to find the right things because some things last Really well. Some things are like, these are good for two days. Yeah. And then, you know, so on and so forth. Um, it's important that we read this chat message uh, from Seven. It says, I must bid you adieu. Justin, we will have words later. Doug informed me that you don't think my voice matches my face, and I've lost many nights of sleep over it. Enjoy. For the record, he was very disconcerned because I also told him the same thing. Uh, I was going to say, I don't just throw me under the bus here because Doug was the one that goes, I'm going to send you a picture. And you're going to go, oh, did not expect, not not the voice I thought. Or not yeah. The, yeah. It was really funny because uh, I met with him to talk D&D stuff. And I was like, hey, just so you know, like I, you know, I forgot how we came up on the topic. I forget how it came up, but I was like, yeah. Hey, good I, to see you again. You know, Justin doesn't think your voice matches your face. Yeah. It was just something I, I came up and I go, yeah. And for the record, I go, I, your voice didn't match your face i go it's been so long now because for the last time i had no idea what you looked like so i invented yeah. what you looked like in my head and he's like well what's my what was what would you think i looked like i'm like i can't recall now because i know what you look like now it's like yeah, the exactly. time has passed and he just he had a hard time letting it go he's like i what what do you think i looked like has that ever happened to you like where you've you just listen to someone over and over and over again you think oh man they look this way and you see him you're like nope yeah I'm a hundred percent. And that's the thing. It's, I will say this to seven. It's not at all. Uh, you, you are equally as good looking as I thought you were. We'll put it that oh, okay. way. Like, I did not have Look a at mon- him trying to save his ass. Look you at done? you trying to save your ass. I'm just saying, I didn't have a monster in my head. It's just, uh, you like, 
not what I thought you looked like. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> I'm in love. I wonder. Says. I wonder the same thing because, well, no, see, that's not fair. He watches the stream because <laughs> I was going to say you. We played. We played D and D light for so for so many years. Never saw your. I just got the voice, and so you immediately when you're reading a book, you build a character in your head. You think about what this person looks like. Yeah. That's the same thing. We played two and a half years of D&D together. Never saw your face. I had to invent someone. Otherwise, I would have lost sleep thinking it was a, you know, a disconnected voice just floating there. Scott, no, when are you running for office? Because, man, this this little spin that you've done is just, it's it's beautiful. It's magnificent. I don't feel like I'm spinning. I think I'm just talking here. I feel like you're just like, man, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to flatter him and also deflect at the same time. Like That's, that's some... That's some I, plus four charisma level shit right there, my friend. You know what I mean? I mean, I did roll a nat 20, so uh, there first you go. off, welcome. Yeah. yeah. There you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That happens to me all the time when I listen to podcasts. Like, um, yeah, it's yeah. just like uh, Pod Save America is a podcast I listen to for the longest time. I heard th- these three hosts, and I'm just like, cool, cool, cool. I saw their pictures, and I was like, you look nothing like I thought at all. Not even close. It, absolutely, yeah. Not even close. I have no idea. Just nope. Didn't 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 match what I thought at all, and it was disconcerting for a little while. I was just like, hey, that's ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> that shit ain't right. No. Uh, yeah. Moon. Moon says, let's see how Justin will imagine me when he hears my voice. I'm already picturing, you know, the, uh, hold on. I'm going to go, i got to do a quick little Google search here. Um, oh, boy. Okay, got to run, but I'll play the rest of this back later. Thank you, Seven. <laughs> Appreciate you, buddy. There we go. You remember, you remember the old movie Journey to the Moon? 1902 yeah i do yeah uh that's all i have to go on right now so that's 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 i have to go outside and look up at the sky and stare at that thing that's up there yeah that's what i have to go on right now you know yeah that's it Uh, you know what it is that's all it is i'll give you i'll give you a little preview i do have a little bit of of moon's voice here you go oh you do okay got it redhead Yeah. yeah i think you're right I think you're Nailed right. It. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, to wrap up our egg conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Stay on target, sir. Eggs. I'd just like to say another one of my, just in case fans, are, for my Wikipedia page, if anyone wants to update that, I love a good eggs benedict. What's the benedict part of that? Is it hollandaise sauce? That's, yeah, it's uh, usually a poached egg on like we'll call it ham or Canadian bacon on a English muffin with hollandaise sauce drizzled. And what is hollandaise sauce? It's egg yolks, egg lemon egg juice, bacon. Dijon, yeah. cayenne pepper. That sounds really I good. I made hollandaise sauce once and it's very hard because you got to do it so the egg yolk doesn't scramble. I fucking suck it. at that stuff, man. It's so tough. I had, I think I did it on a double boiler and it was, it was tough, but man, yeah, like it was, it was good. It was satisfying once I made it, but I was like, I'd rather go order this than make it again. See, I always thought hollandaise sauce was something else. I got to try it because it sounds really good. Egg yolk. It's basically a mixture of egg yolk, melted butter, and lemon juice. And I'm yeah, like, it's that sounds... Delicious. If you do it right, it's tangy and fucking amazing. And a lot of times they'll they'll sprinkle a little paprika over the top just yeah. to give it a nice little... yeah. Cayenne pepper. Have you um, never had... Uh, you never had eggs, Benny? I don't know if I don't... It doesn't ring a bell. I don't know if I okay. have. Typically, if it's on the menu, if I go to a new spot and I see an eggs Benedict on there, 
It's like a patty melt. If I see those two things on a menu, I have to get it just because I have to. I I'm such a fan of them. I always have to see what does this restaurant do. How do they do it? I'd like to try that. I'm the same way. Whenever I cook and they're like, oh, by the way, you have to temper the egg. I'm like, I'm going to fuck this up. This shit's getting scrambled. I'm going to try. <laughs> I try so hard. I just put a little bit in and I stir. I put a little bit in. By the time it's done, I'm like, this shit got scrambled, man. Right. Low God. heat, always moving, always moving, yeah. always moving. doesn't yeah. matter. I still fuck it up, especially. <laughs> I'm like, well, this is going to be chunky. All right. I hope you like your chunky desserts because this is You're what gonna it's going to be. Egg- Scrambled egg sauce on your poached egg. Yeah. Suck it up. You know what I mean? With lemon. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, I had a... Dog, What's up? <laughs> What'd you say? Say, do you ever cook for your dog, Doug? Do I ever cook for my dog? Uh, I have when she has uh, massive diarrhea. I, I, oh. I, I do. Uh, I give her some uh, canned pumpkin. Ah, Abby loves canned pumpkin. Yeah, so does Loki. Yeah. Loki thinks it's pretty fucking dope. Just yeah, super super awesome, and it turns her her poop orange. So you know, which is oh, also very fun. good. I've also <laughs> heard if you give them rice and beef, like just ground beef, that sometimes helps. You know, clog them up. But uh, it's easier just to get a couple cans of pumpkin puree and dump it in the yeah. dish. I feel like that's less effort. So you know, because <laughs> I'll be cooking that, and I'm like getting ready to season. I'm like, this is for my dog. Why the fuck right. am I going to... It doesn't matter. I, I don't need to make this fun. I barely need to cook this. This is fine. This is <laughs> I good. I could just give it to him raw. This yeah. is this is fine. This is whatever. Yeah. No, uh, typically I don't because whatever. But, you know, I do train my dog and I do love my dog and I'm home all the time with my dog. Perfect. Yeah. What about your dog? Uh, we don't typically cook for them, no. But we. I am home all day and I train them and I love them as well. Although Benny is quite the handful right now <laughs> tell me what's going benny, on with benny Benny is proving to be quite the handful right now um he he only has had one uh one number two accident in the house um so that's good he's had a few number ones in the house um it's just this this getting getting him when he's in his crate will not go to the bathroom and it's fantastic if you take him out of his crate you got to watch him like a hawk because he will not indicate that he has to go out, and I'm ah. struggling to figure out how to like you. If you if you watch him, you can see the sniff, and you're like, "That's an that's an I'm gonna go sniff," and so you can immediately take him outside, redirect him, and he's good. But if you're not watching him, there's no discernible. It doesn't whimper. He doesn't bark. He doesn't scratch. No discernible, yeah. you know, tell. So that's the thing that I'm I'm struggling with is figuring out that. And then also he is just sometimes he'll go full fucking gremlin mode or Tasmanian devil mode and just freaks out and starts running around and tries to bite everything. And then and he can be like completely docile, just chewing on something like one of his toys and then just out of nowhere. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? We say Tasmanian devil when you're talking about pooping. I just imagine he just like goes, you know, and just. (laughs) Steve's yeah. totally, completely yeah. docile, and then it goes, ah! you know, and just unleashes the fury. <laughs> moon, moon, hit it! Yeah, it's the zoomies, but it's the zoomies on crack. Yeah. Like it, it's, I don't know. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that he's probably still teething, you know. Yeah. And that's, I'm sure it's just a pain in his. Head. And I think my theory, he's got his uh, first vet appointment tomorrow. Actually, um, I'm going to ask. I think he's got allergies because I think mm. when he gets like itchy skin or, or something is, I think that's what triggers him to run around. Cause he can't, 
he either can't scratch himself or he can't do something like he's uncomfortable. And I, so I get it. I get that. So we're, yeah. We're, learning we're, your dog's body language is one of the most difficult things. Like I know Loki's like, Oh, well, I'm about to take a shit walk when we're outside. You know, I understand yes. the mannerisms like you, you, you learn them. And no, yeah, for better or worse, Jill taught now. Loki to uh, ring these bells we have hanging on our patio whenever she wants to go outside. So yeah. sometimes she just wants to go out there and hang out. Other times she's like, hey, I need to go pee. And she'll ring him. It's like, all right. Or she's like, I see a fucking squirrel out there. Ring, ring. Let me out. Let me out. Let me out. Ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. Yeah. So which, you know, Loki is a pretty smart dog, which is helpful. Yeah. He can teach her stuff. But, you know, there's always... Yeah, that's that's tough teaching them. I think for the most part, they're like, yeah, they don't want to shit where they sleep. They understand that's their home. Exactly, once, yeah. once they understand that, then it's a matter of just like, I can't hold it. I got to go. Bye. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Seth goes similarly. I have a I need to take a shit walk. I think we all do. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Yeah, we're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's coming. Yeah, yeah it's coming. Um, but how's well, the I, training I going? About, I was thinking about doing the bell. I was I was. I was pondering implementing that, but I remembered, I thought back to when you were first doing that and Loki was incessantly ringing that bell. And I was like, I don't know if I want to deal with that either. So it's, a, I guess it just depends on the dog. It depends on, you know, what you want to do with it. Right. Um, I think it's great because she could just, she's communicating like, Hey, I want to go outside. And it's like, cool. And so yeah. there's sometimes where it's annoying is where she just went outside and then she's ringing it again. I'm like, you can go fuck yourself. Like, right. Exactly. Go do something else. You just see something. You're going to go out there and do something that you don't need to be doing. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like that's the kind of stuff that drives me crazy. So um, you know, I'm glad we yeah. taught her, but this, and then also Jill's the one that works right next to the patio where she goes out. So she's got to you know. deal with that all the time. Yeah. The training, the training, training is going fine. Uh, yeah. He's got, he's sit is coming along quite nicely. Um, and we haven't really, I really wanted to take kind of command by command. So we're working, we're working through sit right now. The big thing is making sure there's no distractions. Cause if there's anything else, this, this is an ADD dog. He's got yeah. no attention span right now. He's like, no, thank you. But he just turned three months, so you know he's still young as fuck. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. I think when you understand that a this is a dog, not a human, right. and they're also just learning their environment. In that, right. just with time, it's always people are like, oh, they'll get better, and they do. But it's a two to three year like change that it takes. Like yeah. when we got Loki when she's a puppy, I was like, there's no way we're ever gonna be able to leave her alone. Ever. And that's exactly how I feel right now. Right. Coming from Abby, which you know Abby, she is like the most chilled. Like she'll sit there and lay, stare at you all day. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's totally she's cool with that. And Loki's gotten to that point now. Cause we used to like Absolutely. give her access to the house a step at a time. It used to be we had her in a little fortress, the Loki yep. fortress that she lived in because, you know, that's just what she was. And then it was, all right, you can have the den area. And then right. we opened it up a little bit more to some furniture that we, you know, valued a little bit more. And then we like we kept her locked at just the ground floor. And then we were able to open it up to the upstairs. And we just recently were like, okay, you can stay out of your crate at night. You know, like just nice. Nice. Know. So she she's pretty much a free roamer now, uh, which is pretty cool. And we got to the point where we just tested leaving her at home by herself and yeah. she was good. So we're good. we're taking those steps, but it takes time. It's incremental. You know, oh, absolutely. Not, well, I mean, and again, we talked about this, I think, a few weeks ago, but you remember when I first got Abby too, like how long that took. We yeah. and she tore the shit out of our apartment. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. You got to have the patience. You got to have or you got to have AI. That's right, baby. AI. Either way, yes. So 
fucking Did you ever. all know there's this thing called uh, Companion? It's based on AI. Yeah. It's true. Wait, are we going to talk about AI on this podcast? Oh, yeah. Artificial okay. intelligence. It's so important to our future. And to treating our dogs like humans. So no. uh, they there's this thing called Companion. It looks like an industrial, um, you know. Fan. F- fan. Um <laughs> When you're when your uh, basement floods and you're trying to dry it out, yeah. But apparently, um, you know, it's this automated thing. It, there's an app for it and everything where it will um, monitor your dog. Uh, it will. It, it, it basically you can have it be engaged and have it be trained while you're not at home. And kind of the way that it works is the camera sees your dog, so. It picks up that your dog is communicating through their movement and their posture. And then uh, apparently it makes friends with your dog and provides hours of scheduled and on-demand engagement day in and day out. And then, so essentially what it will do is you can have commands that you record with your voice and the system will see the dogs there and then you can just, it'll just start be like, sit. And if it, it monitors the dog and the dog sits, it spits out a treat and will teach them essentially you know how to do that and then kind of right. keep them engaged and whatnot and, and it uses, um, yeah, ai learning to see it's got a camera and it will see that they're they are performing the necessary action that yeah garners a reward yeah there's uh, already something on the website that says uh be the best pet parent and this kind of goes into what we were talking about last week you know and this is this is the thing on the website or well sorry yeah uh, there's a quote by the ceo and founder says there's this weird asymmetry between human children and pet children. Do not like them leaning into this pet children. We don't have our human we don't leave our human children alone, but we do leave our fur children alone and are anxious about that. Hate everything about that sentence. Yeah. Fur babies are one thing, but when you say fur children, that just sounds gross well it says be the best pet parent scheduled sessions daily videos of your dog's wins curriculum choices alerts and ability to intervene parents parents have never had a tool like this before and that sentence does not end with a period so strike against them for grammar with that one um you know, the, the thing I do find this is interesting is that um, it says uh, from skeletal analysis to weight tracking to thoughtful noise desensitization of desensitization of common sounds, bring health intelligence home. So I do kind of appreciate that aspect of it will monitor your pet like in how they're moving their body. So if it like notices that they're walking a little bit differently or whatever, it tracks it. So there's some data there. It's kind of like the Apple watch in a way that it can kind of help you look at that stuff. So. Yeah, I, look, I'm not opposed to I'm not opposed to that. Like it'll it'll if if it if the dog starts sitting differently, you know, it's like, yeah. hey, your dog's gait or your dog's sit is a little different. Maybe some you go get its hips checked out or something. Like, yeah, I appreciate that, but I don't know. There, I got there's a lot of first and foremost. I've got a dog that does not respond to anything technology wise. Mm-hmm. So I think there's there's a potential Why do you think that is Justin. I don't know, Doug, no, and that's the weirdest know. thing. Do you have any theories? I don't know. Just maybe a condition or something? I don't know. I don't possibly. Know. I think Abby thinks that the camera is going to steal her soul. That's, I think that's yeah. what it is. She just won't look at it. She won't make <laughs> eye contact with it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's... Uh, no eye contact. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. a common thing. Weird. 
You know, yep. that's a weird thing. Yeah, it's the, the damnedest thing. Yeah, um, it is. No, but even from, from when we got her, she like we would try to take selfies with her, or we try if if the camera's pointed, she looks away. If the TV's on, she wants nothing to do with it. If uh, even our our voices via speakerphone, she, she has no response to whatsoever. So I understand that Abby might not be the right dog customer for this, but I think that that is definitely a thing. Like not all dogs respond to computer stimulus. You know what I mean? Like not it. I just, I think that that's an inherent potential flaw in this. And then secondarily, what happens if the dog decides to start chewing on this thing or knocks it over or finds it's, it's created from it unobtainium, it. so it's indestructible. Oh, is it? Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's so good. Is this is James Cameron the investor in this? Mm, you you think so? You know, you wish, you wish, you wish, you wish you could. Because then there will be five iterations of this that no one asked for over a thirty year period. <laughs> And the first one comes out, or the second one comes out 10 years after the fact. So hang on to We've your spent 10 years making this moderately different. Yes. You know, yeah. it still looks beautiful though. Let me tell you, it looks beautiful. Yeah. The packaging. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the like, again, I just, yeah, the Go practical ahead. side of me appreciates this because like, what a great way to help train your dog and also engage with them while you're not there. You know, it gives them something to do. Um, you know, I've, gotten some you know, toys where I jam, jam a treat into it and toss over to Loki and she chomps on it for a few hours trying to get all the yeah. treat out. I'm like, that's some sort of engagement, but... You can do lick pads, you can do... There's, yeah. there's got some puzzles for... Mm -hmm. uh, you hide treats in and you like lock and close certain doors and they've got to figure out how to get into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's... it's it's I, I So I do appreciate the fact of like, how can you keep your dog engaged? And also, how can you keep training them when you're not there? I think that's, you know pretty viable i think a lot of this stuff relies on a lot of things like you said like i've bought cat beds for cats that don't use it i bought dog beds for dogs that don't use it like i bought plenty of things that the creatures just don't use the way that they're supposed to or just don't even care about them so i think this is obviously something that's pretty specific i i would imagine for the most part it would have to be a dog that maybe grows up with this right that, that is sure. just it relatively easy Oh, it has to be a dog. Yeah, because this is going to be a every single dog can use this sort of situation. But um, I appreciate the element of it. But also, I think the part that also really bothers me is just that it is sort of the these are our children kind of yes. thing. And we're going to take care of them. And I don't know. It's it's also just seems like, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm talking about both sides of my mouth. Like, I love the AI element of technology, like helping us out with this, but also. It just seems incredibly unnerving to be like, I have this machine in my house that trains the dog and engages them while I'm not there. I think it's unnerving. It's also for me, it's I think it's more of an element. Like this is this is uh unbelievably bougie. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm gonna get an a a piece of AI machinery that's going to train my dog when I'm not there. Talk yeah. about un unnecessarily bougie. Yeah. And I, I can easily see people falling into not training their dogs and just relying on this thing to train their dog. Entertaining your dog, making sure your dog's not bored is, is one thing, I guess like, so they're not destructive and all that, but unless this thing is going to, unless this thing is going to engage with them the entire time you're away, like I, I just don't, do dogs need really need to be engaged this much? Like dogs tend to, 
they do tend to sleep more than we do. You know what I mean? Cats tend to sleep. What was the statistic? Like 18 hours a day or something like that. Oh yeah. That's just how they roll, you know? So I just don't know that. Do you need to train your dog when you're away? Why don't you take the time to train it when you're there? I just, I think it's very unnecessary to train your dog. while the need to train your dog with you. Also very dependent on your dog sitting pretty much right in front of the fucking thing. Mm -hmm. If they're not sitting in front of the thing, this thing does nothing. Uh, Moon brings up a good point. It's like, what's the cost? Uh, Right now, if you go to their website and you click on reserve, it says reserve for $49. uh, The the deposit is to reserve your spot in line. You will be able to choose purchase options at a later date, starting at $49 a month. So starting at 50 bucks a month, you can have this thing. So, that's a pretty big, uh, you know, I mean, that's like health insurance for your dog. You know what I mean? Like, that's about the cost of that. So, I mean, yeah, you got to be committed to giving that a whirl. So, I don't yeah. know. It's just 50 bucks a month for something that your dog may or may not use. I just, I don't know. It, it just, it, it seems, I can appreciate the the element of uh, maybe processing the health information but outside of that i think this is absolute absolute uh excess it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth yeah i don't know like this would have to be something where i'd have to get a lot of good word of mouth from people and it's still there'd be the risk that i don't know if my dog is going to enjoy this or use this or whatever so i don't know i I, i'm kind of torn where i like the concept of it like most things about ai like i i appreciate the concept of it I don't think it's something I'll participate in. I can appreciate the idea of like, I'd like to reinforce with my dog some things because Jesus, you know, sometimes it's a lot and it's, you got to be consistent with training your dog. You know, it's got to be an everyday thing. And so if you could have a little bit of help while you're not there, just being like, Hey, remember sit, you know, Hey, lie down. Hey, you know, like roll over. If you can, you can teach him to do that sort of stuff while you're not there and just reinforce that. You know, I think that's, I think that's really good. I right. guess my big question is what happens when the AI teaches your dog to be racist? Because we know that's going to happen. Yeah, because if there's one thing we've learned about dogs, it's like that's not inherently there. It's taught. You know? Right. So, and if we know one thing about AI, it is inherently there. It's based on a set of data, you know, a training set. And that training set, racist. Right. I mean, so. do we know anything about the CEO? I'm not saying for legal reasons. I'm not saying anything bad about him, but I'm just raising the question. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. I mean, this guy. I mean, he's wearing I'm a question guy. He's wearing what's he wearing? He's got a cool hat off to the side. He's got like, like fancy tech glasses. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's like he's, he's got he's guy. got a, an Apple Watch. You know? He's got a smile on his face that says, "It says I just farted into this white couch." Did you, uh, and I'm blaming on the dog, and the dog's like, not again. Right? Not again. Is This you know? a, this also looks like an Apple ad, because he's got the Apple headphones strategically placed behind the dog. He's got the Apple watch, and clearly you can see he's on a Mac. Well, this is a tech guy. That's how you know he's, yeah. he's this is a cool piece of tech, because he's, he's a tech guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's the CEO of an AI company, Justin. That's true. What's he going to have, a Lenovo? I don't think so. You know what I mean? <laughs> Think he's gonna have a Dell? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you I watch this video, I, by I, the I way? Oh, I did. I very yeah. much. Did. I didn't like it how is. he had his hat like just off kilter, like he like, was I, gonna be like playing, like he's a, he's a retired drummer in a punk band. You know, you're talking about the see it in action video, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I uh, he, he talks through all of it. and He's like, this is what I think is important. 
you know, you got to hit the hi hat and the drums, you know, you know, you got to say, fuck, fuck the establishment, but also, you know, you should check out AI and my dog. I, uh, I think what I'm realizing in, in going over this story for the, the show to, I think what I, and, and that Casey Neistat video that I sent you, um, I think what I'm realizing for those who want to go look it up, Casey Neistat, uh, YouTube blogger, um, he used, uh, GPT-4 to create a vlog script and he went and shot it shot for shot of what the the AI spit out as far as the script goes. He followed it, you know, shot for shot and word for word and he did the vlog that the script wrote. Sorry. He did the script that the AI wrote for the vlog and uh, it was into, and then he talks about it a little bit at the end but I think after that and this and everything we've talked about AI fascinates me, but I think at this point I am definitely on the anti AI side. I don't. I'm I'm in camp. No, no, thank you. I just. I don't know. You have a question. I do. You have your hand raised. All AI across all things, or AI in the creative space. Mostly AI in the creative space. This AI for dogs is really a bummer to me, and I don't know why. It's just this AI is for really dogs. Me- it sounds like you're like making fun of something. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I think in I, I do see I do see the 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 potential uses in certain in certain fields and in certain instances, but this this to me feels frivolous. This to me feels like something that doesn't need to exist. That is. It's it's like oh you have AI for your dog now AI is a thing you've heard about buy this I don't know it, it this 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 just for some reason and I don't know why it's like what is a sport this is just like in my gut rub it it's, it's this is agitating me and I I can't really put my finger on why it just seems extremely frivolous to me I would say that I don't mind AI in the creative space as a jumping off point. You know, okay. which if you use it as uh, hey, I'm going to type out, give me a script that based on these parameters and it farts something out and you're like, yeah, this is, you know, as Casey Neistat said, this is lacking a lot of soul, yeah. but it could perhaps give you the framework or give you some ideas because essentially what he told it, I mean, you don't really know all the parameters, but essentially like, you know, create a script, you know, for a vlog based on everything that's in walking with dis- distance within Manhattan and yada, yada, yada. Basically, it turns into a tour My of Manhattan. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like, and over here is the bull at the stock market. And then over here right. is this thing. And boy, we better check in at the office. I mean, yeah, it's it's very, I mean, this is something you'd probably see on cable, you know, network. It's as far as like how dog shit it is. Yeah. But if you take that, I think AI like that is hard to take at face value right now because it, okay. it's lacking the sophistication. But if you take that and you're like, yeah, it seems like a tour of New York and you're like, maybe use that as a jumping off point. Be like, well, what if what about Manhattan do I really like? And maybe that starts the ball rolling on some ideas or what are your favorite? What are your least favorite places? What are some less known places? Because this is showing all the touristy spots. What are the what's the one place that I know of that no one, you know, all of a sudden the ball's rolling and that gave you something that could, it's the same thing with like, um, you know, um, all the image generations, you know, like in, in, in pictures. A lot of times I feel like that stuff can be great idea builders for concepts, for things that you can take and be like, oh, this is a great idea. Obviously, the hands and feet are fucked up and the eyes don't function like a human would. I think 
uh, Seth shared a compilation of of stuff where like AI doesn't understand how humans eat. You know, oh the spaghetti one. Yeah, they don't know how to eat spaghetti. Yeah. It's just like people were like like they were Slipknot Oops. screaming at a concert at, at spaghetti. They're like ah, it was just somehow it was going in their mouth. Yeah, yeah, it was insane. Like what people were doing trying to eat spaghetti. Because it just doesn't understand that. But I think if you use it as a genesis, a starting point for something that does have a soul, I think that's useful. It's something to kind of help get the juices flowing, maybe lay the foundation. But I think if you rely heavily on it, I think people are using it like a cheat code right now. They are. And it's not going to get you what you want. But let me ask you with with the using it as a jumping off point or using it as the inspiration for millennia we have created things without ai why do we need that for inspiration now we can use anything we want for inspiration we could use a sunset we could use sure uh, but uh, if the ai goes hey go use a sunset for like i just feel like people have been doing this for millennia without without ai giving them something Mm -hmm. they've been truly coming up from scratch with it so i just don't understand why what's the benefit of having ai give you a prompt if you've already got the ability to maybe that prompt's just right behind a door and for whatever reason you don't see that door and it's not opening you know what i mean like you've had you've had writer's block before right you're trying to find that thing you know and maybe you're like what if what if i can just find something maybe just whatever i mean we did that for podcast episodes where we clicked a button and it would just give us a random web page we're like, what do we want to talk about? Go! And it would just be like, here's a random web page. We're like, hey, look at this thing. What was that and website called? I forget. Oh. I forget what it was called. But we definitely did a couple episodes with that. I get. Yeah. Would that be considered AI? To some degree, right? I mean, we're, we're relying on something to give us inspiration to be creative. And I feel like that can come from anywhere. And listen, AI may not work for everybody. Some people are like, this is insane. I don't think it works for me. But maybe... It's that thing. Maybe if it's just like, hey, create a random image for me. You look at this image, you're like, whoa, this is fucking cool. This image is insane. I've never seen anything like this before. What is this? And based on how you look at it, you're like, this gives me an idea for something. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I feel like it's just another tool. It's not the only tool. It's just one of the many tools. Going on a walk can be a tool. You know, talking with friends, experiencing life, watching a movie, listening to music, you know, dealing with emotional things that come up in, in your life, like relying on your past memories, relationships, all that sort of stuff, they can all be together. I think AI is just another tool in the tool belt, in the chest that you could use to be like, you know what I feel like today? I want to type something in a chat GPT and be like, hey, I would think it'd be really cool if we could have Alex Smith review Bluey. And we type that in, you know, Alex Jones, not Alex Smith. Alex Smith's a quarterback. Alex Jones. Oh, I, like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Have, let's yeah. have Alex Jones review Bluey. And bam, we've got this amazing review and the right. voice of Alex Jones who was reviewing Bluey one of the most beloved kid shows out there and holy shit I never could have created something like that I mean I probably could have but I never would have thought of that was out of Seth's mind he's like let's have this and then boom we get this amazing thing we get to right. do as a segment on the show it was awesome I'm not going to say that it's not some of the stuff that's created is not entertaining like that mm-hmm. like that script was very entertaining when we created stories about each other it was very entertaining yeah I just think there's a difference between going on a walk and to get inspiration and AI, it's, I think for me, the difference is when the thing you're getting inspiration from could do the job for you. It's just to me that it says something 
fundamentally different than going on a walk. Going on a walk, it's not generating the script or the idea for the picture or the whatever. But this AI, you're using it to prompt you, but this could easily just do the thing for you. And not so it, it technically can do it now, just poorly in the future. It could probably give you whatever you want. You know, yeah. Casey Neistat said at the end of that, he goes, I hope AI doesn't get any better. You know, I, I agree. I think I think we're at the beginning of what could be a very slippery slope. And I, and I oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to as as we often do on this show, I'm in. If you listen to future episodes, you'll undoubtedly hear me flip flop on this stance right now where I stand mm-hmm. is. I, I feel like AI I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards the anti AI team right now. That being said, I do still understand the use for AI in maybe crunching a lot of uh, a, a, an incredible amount of data and spitting out some analytics surrounding that, like in the medical field or in, you know, again, maybe, maybe, maybe even in the legal field, I don't know, but like in, when it comes to, when it comes to crunching a, a, a ton of data, and spitting out a nice, concise, uh, you know, analytics report on that, I think AI could be very beneficial when it starts touching the creative realm. And when unnecessary shit like this dog companion comes out, I just this is where I'm like, ah, I don't know. I feel like we're stretching here. I would like people to slow down on the AI stuff right now because I feel like okay. it's the Wild West. And people are just, you know, hitting up every single gold mine they can find. You know, it's the gold rush. It's sure. all this sort of stuff. And people are. Maybe that's what this is for me. That's people a great are, I think you made a good point where you're like, AI, you've heard of this, right? Well, this has AI in it. You know, it's like, well, this, this has electrolytes. You know, it's like this, <laughs> you know, and th- this, this is uh, organic, you know, this, this has, this, this has protein in it, you know, like right. it's whatever. This has no fat. It's, it's, it's something where people are slapping right. a label on it. People are like, oh, AI. Oh, okay. I know oh, cool. what that is. Yeah. You know, and because AI is a pretty vague term, you know, yeah, it's like, oh, it this has yeah. this thing that is kind of interesting. Supposedly it's high tech, you know, and I would like us as a society to take a step back and ask ourselves, where are the boundaries that we want to set up with AI? And unfortunately, what we've seen in the last century or so maybe more is technology accelerated a pace that that exi- that is existing beyond our comprehension to the point where we can't put up guardrails yeah because it's happening so fast you kind of need to have some sort of inciting incident to then look backwards and be like wait a minute where have we gone we saw that with social media and we didn't put the guardrails on it and then all of a sudden we just got to the point now where we just happily surrender our data to strangers well, i think i heard a statistic that that was we have we have come further technology-wise in the last hundred years than the last ten thousand years prior to that, which is a staggering. Now I may be slightly off on on those numbers, but conceptually, that that's what the statistic was in the last X number of years, and we'll call it a hundred. We've come that much further than the previous ten thousand. Like that's in fucking insane. Yeah. We are moving at breakneck speed, and I am absolutely here for technology i fucking love technology i am a a nerd i love it but i do think like you just said we need to as a society go okay cool instead of just diving in head first how do i monetize this maybe we go should we be monetizing it should we be doing this much with it where are our boundaries let's put a little bit of a 
of a playpen. Like when you're training a dog, you put a little fence up and you make sure that they're contained. You put this this technology in that container and go, okay, let's let's let it mature for a little while before we just fucking set it free. Yeah, no, it's it's very true. Um, and I mean, if you think about that and and how technology is, I mean, the bow and arrow. To quote, you know, Iron Man was the pinnacle of weapons technology for literally centuries, you know? Yeah, And there was the English who basically had the longbow, which was far superior to a crossbow, you know? And it could shoot farther and be more accurate, and it just, it created all sorts of issues. And then, if you watch that progression over time, it's not unlike the game Civilization, uh, you know, where you just basically build your civilization at the beginning of time, and you progress, and... I can't help but really pour a ton of my effort into science every single game because if I can out-science people, I fucking crush them. Because my favorite thing to do is to see a a rival country next to me who's like, hey, man, we've got knights. I'm like, yeah, I have Apache helicopters. I'm going to (laughs) fucking blow you up. You know what I mean? Like, you have no hope. Like, I have tanks. (laughs) You know, I have World War One tanks against your fucking knights. What are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? Like, that that is kind of... You, you see that, and then you kind of look at where we are. I mean, again, someone told me this when I was in college, and I, I say all the time because I think it's worth noting. Someone who was born in the year 1900 was probably born in a wagon. It's very possible that they were born in sure. a wagon, and in their lifetime, they got to watch someone land on the fucking moon. That's like, that, right. that span by itself is right. incredible. I mean, you think about the year 1900, we go through, by the time you get to 1963 or 1969, we've gone through two world wars, right? Right. You had World War One, where that technology was wild with, like, just the military technology. World War Two, you know, you're talking, like, radio. You're talking, like, the ma- that amount of time. And then you just look at from, I don't know, 1969 to now. I mean... World War One by itself, it started on horses and it ended in tanks. Yeah, right? Like, in those four, five, four years... Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. And the whole idea of military tactics changed because people were like, oh, we just charge each other. And they realized, oh, yeah, the Gatlin guns will fucking just shred you to pieces. Like the technology, just all the old tactics got thrown out the window. They're like, oh, we can't we can't do what we used to do because the technology right. has forced you to, to do something else. And it's, you know, if you apply that to where we are today, I mean, again, the scariest thing you can do is like, man, <laughs> You remember 20 years ago and you think it's like 1990? It's like, no, dude, that was like yep. 2000. Like, that was well, not that long ago, you know? Again, like, when oh, you fuck. go, what do they say? We're we're the same distance now from 1993 as people in 93 were from 1963. Yeah. And that's a fucked up thought. Woof. Right? That's a fucked up thought. Right? I remember 93 <laughs> quite well. <laughs> I was 10. <laughs> yeah. I know, man. It's it's fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Internet was just in its infancy right there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> woo. I mean, yeah, that was that was wild. And you think about where we are now. And that's one of the things I feel like we're in a unique generation, you and I, because we were there pre-internet, right? Mm-hmm. We learned cursive. You know, we 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 did we did like the analog world and we transitioned with technology in real time to where most of us picked up and lived with it where 
we started with, you know, we hopped on to the internet. You know, we started with old consoles. Not like, you know, there are people like, I had an Atari. I'm like, I didn't have an Atari. I had a Nintendo. But we started right. there, and then we progressed. There's the internet. And then we adapt to that. And then there's cell phones. And right. we adapt to that. And then there's social media. And we accept it. And we're like, this is kind of cool. And then before you know it, it becomes this abomination. Yeah. And we've witnessed all of it. And yeah. I think we are a very strange generation because I, w I think it's very um, arrogant to say we've seen it all, but we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot seen in a the lot. transition yeah. of what it was to where it is now. Yeah. You know, it's no, I mean, I think the way I think we're, in, we're, we're different than that is because Gen X and people were older when that happened. Right. The technology grew up with us. So yes. like as we age, the technology sort of like kept up with us. And now it's just off to the races yeah. and kind of like we were joking movie, last time. Yeah. Yes. And kind of like we were joking last time, we're going to get to the point in 20 years, we're going to be like, man, this AI is doing all this. I don't trust it. It's like, yeah. we're going to be those guys that are oh, going to be really unnerved by it. But there's going to be kids that just grew up with it. You know, fucking Natalie has an iPad as part of her school curriculum. She gets right. assigned an iPad as part of her learning stuff. She was watching right. shit. She's got this encyclopedia that talks to her on it. It's incredible. It's I remember having the volumes of Britannica that right. I would go to and I would be like, all right, I'm going to read B. I remember doing a science project in eighth grade. It was seventh or eighth grade, and I had access to Encarta on my computer. Okay, yes. And yes, I also yes. had a color printer. And I was able to print out. It was about the planets. I printed out. I typed stuff up and printed out pictures of the planets, and I turned it in. And my teacher was super fucking suspicious of this. <laughs> like, he came up to me and goes, hey, where did you get this? I thought he was like, he goes, hey, I need to talk to you about it. I'm like, I know, isn't it awesome? I was waiting to just get shouted with praise. He's like, where did you get this? All of a sudden, like, it was after after class, and it was very combative with me. He's like, yeah. where did you get this? Where did you, like, I, I think he thought I plagiarized it or something. He's like, where did you get this? I'm like, off of my computer. And he kind of looked at me. I go, he's like, where'd you get the pictures? I'm like, I printed it out. And he's like, okay, you can go. And I realized in that moment, I was like, oh, shit, I was on trial there. Like, he thought I fucking... <laughs> plagiarized this shit or just stole it from something and that was a defining moment in his like life where he's like oh shit I have no idea but he was super That's like it, the, the mood was like see me after yeah. class I was like right, you right, want right. tell me how awesome I am he's like where the fuck did you get this <laughs> It's like, oh my god! I'm confused on our tone here. I yeah, thought right? I was supposed to be getting praised. Funny story: that guy got fired for touching kids. Well, thank God you just got admonished verbally, right? So, yeah. not in like you know the downstairs way, but he was—he would oftentimes like put his hands on like kids' shoulders and stuff like that. And that's he, fucking gross. A lot of people were I, like, "Yeah, I don't well, like this. I don't like this." Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, yeah, we, not. We, it was grade school. It you. was junior high. Junior high, yeah. Yeah. We had so. uh it's 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 such a bummer when there was a few people from my past who I have seen news articles about. Specifically, my mom will be like, she'll she'll send me something in like the the Daily Herald. She'll she'll mail me. I love it. She'll she'll snail mail me 
a, a newspaper article she clipped out. And she's Isn't like, that great? did you have him as a teacher? And I was oh. like, no, but I, I, I knew of him as a teacher in this school, you know. Speaking it's, of technology, my mom would do that. She would send me a newspaper clip, like yeah. a literal, she'd clip it out and send it. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, just text sure. me the headline. I'll go online and find it. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I'm sure that the, the I forget what the, with the, it's, Kirksville the, the newspapers called, but you know, Kirksville I'm like, Gazette. you know, I was like, you could just tell, yeah. you know, <laughs> Seth the, goes, the mom's, mom's are telling you who you knew from high school who's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Name a more iconic duo. <laughs> that is true. My mom was like, did you no, hear? Yeah. Did you hear about this? I was like, I don't talk to them. No, I don't know yeah. anything about them. God, like, okay. So-and-so got in a bar fight. I'm like, okay. Good for them, I guess. I don't know. That's what the, yeah, it really is the Kirksville crier. Like it, it's it's just like <laughs> so and so was found on a a park bench. He's in the drunk tank. Yeah, please pick him up. Yeah, it's so funny the local Classified coverage. Ads. Yeah, Moon says my dad cut out certain things. One featured me winning the fancy dress back in 2000. Okay, what's the fancy dress? What does that mean? Like yeah. is that like a is that like a hide and seek thing? You got to find it. The fancy dress is hidden somewhere. And, and I think. Have- or is this like is it, can combat? We find it online? <laughs> I just type in fancy dress 2000. Yeah. Like what happens then? Oh, I wonder what you're going to get for the fancy dress 2000. I'm going to do it. 2000. You know what I'm going to get? I haven't hit entered yet, but you know what I'm going to get? I'm going to get uh, those like taffeta prom dresses that mm-hmm. everyone wore. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't like this at all. What'd you get? 21 2000s Halloween costume ideas from what? What? This is a really weird search result. I don't know what is happening right now, but I'm going to close this. I don't like this. You know what, Doug? You got the questions. We got the answers. All you do is ask. Practical. 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 Practical Whoa. We really did it this time. Did you feel it? Did you feel it? Are you ready, kids? All right. If you have never been here for Practical Doug before, Practical Doug is a small Doug that lives inside Big Doug, and he guides Doug through all of life's journeys, all of life's questions, all of life's quandaries. You can ask Practical Doug a question if you'd like. Uh, by joining us live Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central on YouTube.com slash MindGapPodcast. Uh, on any social media, you can at mention MindGapPodcast and hashtag Ask Practical Doug. And then on Discord, there's an Ask Practical Doug channel set up specifically for people who want to ask him questions. And this question today came from that Discord chat. Jared, our little... Ask Practical Duggar. He says, well, he got this from Reddit, so he didn't say it, but he posted. Mm -hmm. He said, you, Doug, you, and a super intelligent snail both get $1 million, and you both become immortal. However, you die if the snail touches you. It always knows where you are and slowly crawls towards you. What's your plan? Um, this is not going to be a very impressive plan, but it has a very practical approach to it because that's what this segment's all about. I take the million dollars and um, I 
go and enjoy it for a couple years, maybe invest some of it to whatever. But ultimately, um, I keep the snail close. I know where it is because um, after I've had my fun, I'm going to go just jump up and belly flop on it because I don't want to be immortal. I don't want to live forever. That sounds. <laughs> I knew like, that was where you were going to go. It's a goddamn curse. I don't want to live forever. Like that's awful. That's that's yeah. one of the worst things. I've never. When I was younger, the idea of immortality, I got it. Whenever I've seen movies and stuff where the the villains like, I'm going to live forever. I'm like, that's a child's perspective of life, because yeah. everlasting life, to me personally, is a nightmare. That is an absolute nightmare because all you will see is everyone that you care about dying. That's all that yeah. will ever be is you. Everyone you know and love will ultimately die. Time will start to move at a faster pace for you because to quote the king of the woodland elves in The Hobbit, he's like, what's a couple hundred years as like these dwarves are sitting in prison? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's. It's it's something where it's just completely and utterly brutal. Like just to to just to exist forever. Not only that, you will see the end of the universe, assuming you don't get stabbed in the throat or something. Because immortal just means you live forever, doesn't mean you can't die. So you know. What would that invincible? Invincible. Yeah. Immortal would just mean that you don't age. <sighs> Technically the elves in Lord of the Rings are immortal. They don't age. But they can still die in battle, you know? Living forever, never dying or decaying. Immortality is the concept of eternal life. Yeah, eternal life. Doesn't mean you can't get so murdered. So can you inherently... Doesn't it, though? Mm, I don't think so. That's an interesting... See, there's the interesting debate right there. Mm -hmm. That's... That's where we need to we need to table this and we need to put this on on debate for another time. Because here's the thing: if that means the only way you can die is by the snail, that's yes. even worse. You will see the end of the known universe when the Earth explodes or gets burned right. up by the sun. You will still exist throughout all of that, and you're right. floating through the nothingness, the vacuum of space, alive, unable to die, separated from your snail's friend who's floated off in a different direction. You're going to wish you could die. Yeah, that's a very good point. It is a very, very good point. I think the Redditor, if you guys want, uh, you can either look this up on Redditor or join, again, join our Discord. Check out the Ask Practical Doug channel and you can find the link. There is one Redditor who fucking nailed their answer. And I feel like he had a very practical answer as well, although he was sticking it out to the end of the universe. Yes, his goal he was was the, much, was the yeah. long game of I need to imprison this snail in a place deep within the earth. Yep. And then but that's the short game. He's that short sighted. He goes, I got a plan to invest my money into getting off of this planet, colonizing other things, and ultimately being able to surpass, get past our galaxy and onward. So that when this galaxy the solar system ends. I'm already far away and moving on as like the unit. Like I don't want to live through snail, all of that. And pushing the snail into a black hole so that it's basically in suspended animation forever. Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, what? No, yeah. no. All this assumes that all of us in this humanity are going to live. And if not, you'll be alone. You'll be insane. That's a yeah. horrible fate. I don't want. I'll take the million dollars. Also, why is the snail get a million dollars? This is what I couldn't figure out. I'm like, that seems like a very, it 
it's a super intelligent snail that gets a million dollars and immortality. The million dollars seems excess there. What's the snail going to do with a million snails, dollars? I don't know. Money is a man-made invention. Snails don't deal snails with money. Don't this. I mean, look, if the, if the snail cares about that, then what I would do is I would try to pay off the snail. <laughs> Here, you take my million. <laughs> Leave Enjoy. me alone. Leave me alone. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. The thing I'll is, you'll, you, you'll never know I'll, if the snail agrees or not. That's just the, you'll just have to take its word. It's slimy little word. Yeah, it's slimy little word. Yeah. How about you, Justin? Yeah. What would you do? Uh, you know, it's a great question because I you bring up a good point. I definitely have the, uh, I definitely still have a small part of me that has that childhood, like being immortal would be awesome. But when you think about it in the true context of, going to the end of the universe and you're floating through space alone and there's no way to die. Like that is horrifying. And that, that actually preys on a lot of my very real fears, um, like dying alone and just, you know, but going you won't, insane. you won't die. I'm just saying. That's a fear. Uh, yes. It's a fear. Um, I, so yeah, I think, I think you're, I think mine would be a combination of yours and this other guy's. Like, I would keep the snail at bay. I'd probably go through all the motions he did to keep the snail, like, in the tungsten ball, uh, you know, buried in, uh, you know, uh, in molten iron that's hardened and then throw it into the marina trench and, like, get it down there and then just kind of live my life. I feel like if I did that, uh, eventually I could excavate the snail and just be like, all right, old friend, it's time. And I could, you know, you know we just, I kiss it and... And then I go into a, the forever sleep. Yeah. Um, I think I like your, I like your, I would do something in between the two of them, but I like yours where you're like, I'm going to keep the snail where I know it is. And then eventually we'll call it. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. How that, many years did you go is the question. That's the thing is that's what you have to figure out. You have to figure out how long you're willing to go. And for me, I guess it would probably be when my friends and family, maybe before that, like I would, I would like to, you know, you know, friends and family maybe pass on or about to it'd be like yeah i don't want to be here anymore you know like you say friends and family are you talking about like just straight old age like you you're kicking off at like 80 90 years old somewhere in there 100 maybe i mean it depends are you like, gonna stick around dude, for potentially great grandkids that's the thing is i'm like mm, at some point you gotta call it you know what i mean and yeah. not only that who's this weird guy who just like still looks like he's 40 you know <laughs> That's just always hang because that you know that's a here's here's another thing to consider the social impact if you don't die or age people will fucking notice which unless means you start moving around right the government like will notice which means they will fucking capture you and they will experiment right. on you trying to find your secret and boy will well, they be the disappointed is, just like. I got to stay away from the snail the snail's gonna kill me here's the thing is when you finally after they torture you like fine fine. There's a snail that I've hidden and they just like fucking shoot him again. Like, we're not going to believe that there's a fucking snail here. That is the key to all of this. So like eat shit, you know, and because that's that's the other thing. You assume that you just get to live a happy and fun life that no one ever knows that you never age. You know, that's just not that's how it, what it works. Would be is you, you'd constantly have to be changing. You couldn't even have an entire relationship because like if you meet someone, fall in love and they're getting older, then you'd have to peace out, abandon your family change your identity, relocate. You'd have to pull a Logan, right? It'd be the Wolverine scenario. And nowadays it's so hard with technology. 
It really because is. Because it's you so easy to take down. pictures, knowing your location like that. I mean, yeah. they. I recently heard a, a stat. There was a guy in fucking in Europe that was, uh, I don't know, has fathered hundreds of kids. He just kept donating to different sperm banks, even though he wasn't okay. supposed to. I mean... <laughs> Just how, how awful is that? You know, you just yeah. hopping around, you know, yeah. siring a yeah. bunch of people, you know, it's it's and to what end? It's just because it, at some point you turn into Dr. Manhattan and maybe you yep. go crazy to the point where you stop caring about humanity. Right. Right. Maybe with, you know, you stop. Death means nothing to you. And you start looking at humans differently. You change. Like there's so many horrible things that I could imagine happening. <laughs> Just from becoming immortal, you yeah. know, just getting stuck somewhere, getting trapped. Like, yeah. wh what happens if you're on a fucking? Speaking, I feel like you would, you would, you're more likely to eventually get trapped somewhere. You're on a. I mean, you talked about what was the, sh the show, The Old Guard. Someone got fucking trapped in something underwater and lived, kept drowning consistently over and over yep. and over for oh, fucking hor a horrendous thought. Yeah, that's a thought that's very possible. You'd be like, I'm never going on a fucking boat. One, they're a depreciating asset, and two, I'm gonna get fucking trapped. You know, right? Like, what's anything could happen anything could happen where you just like fucking trapped and then you're kind of like dying but you're not dead and you're like where's that fucking snail you know because <laughs> here's the thing right. if you break your leg it doesn't instantaneously heal right right this so, probably still hurts it still fucking hurts it still has yeah. to heal does it heal the same way or do you become like oops that leg's fucked up forever now that's a good point that's a very good point now here's the one we don't have wolverine's healing abilities you just live forever right. Here's the one thing I'll say uh, against that is that imagine if you live forever, imagine how good you'll get at making scrambled eggs. Yeah. I mean, you probably, I mean, I would you'll, hope you'll so. Finally cracked it. Like you'll finally figure out milk or no milk. Like you'll probably have a preference and you'll probably have an opinion. Jesus, the opinions you'd have. Oh my God. Well, can you imagine well actually it? I was there when that happened. I remember pretty well. You just become the pretentious guy oh, at every party. You just wear a fedora everywhere you go. And you're just like, well, actually, right. you know, it's not cold out. Why does he have a scarf on? That's him. Yeah. It's just, it's like that yeah. scene in uh, Sandman where Hob is, yep. is dating a, uh, a black woman and they're at a Renaissance fair. And she's like, isn't this funny? He's like, no, this is bullshit. None of this happened. None also, of this happened. Yeah. You wouldn't be here where you are right now because you would be, somewhere else in a much worse place he's like this is all insulting to me that we're this is not how it was I've lived through this yeah exactly. i've lived yeah. through this this is all bullshit that would get increasingly with the way we have technology now yeah yeah nothing yeah. about just fuck you know what i'll live i'll retire early with a million bucks actually which won't even get you very far these days no, a million bucks isn't the same as yeah this is this whole question fuck this a million dollars get out of here yeah, it's got to be ten million before we even start to entertain this question. Right, because a million. We're gonna delete this entire segment. There we go. Well, cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was fun. It was good. Yeah. Good chat. Good stuff. Um, I didn't realize we were gonna go from an Ash Brickle Doug into a Doug hate stuff. Yeah, well, it, it happened. We got there. Yeah, one billion. Yes, one billion dollars. One billion dollars. Hooray! One billion dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna come. <laughs> so, Justin, what do you got? Uh, funny. <laughs> what? Uh, what do you got to recommend this week, buddy? <laughs> Did you take a sip from your Batman cup? 
Well, uh, <laughs> I have been uh, I've been on a uh, an older show kick uh, recently, and so I went back and I started watching the Larry Sanders show. Oh, on HBO, interesting. Um, starring Gary Shandling. When I was younger. I always confused the hell out of me because I'm like Gary Shandling is Larry Sanders. And I don't understand who's who's the real guy. What's his yeah. name? Who's the actor? Now that I'm older, I'm going back and uh, a lot of people, a lot of comedians <clears throat> and people in the comedy talked about the Larry Sanders show as being kind of one of those pivotal, um, like uh, like watershed shows or like the, the, the one of the shows that really really solidified certain things in comedy and and was a huge inspiration for them um uh apatow um my god why am i blanking on his first name judd, judd. judd? yeah judd apatow he uh he started out as a writer on there became a producer um but like that was a kind of a pivotal thing for him and so many young comedians came through that show playing themselves because the concept is that the larry sanders show Gary Shandling plays a late night talk show host called Larry Sanders. And it's a behind the scenes look of a late night talk show and all the, uh, all the uh, unbalanced people that work there and just the madness that goes on, you know, how producers are two faced and the co-host always feels like he's less than, and it's just, it's, it's a really funny take on that. But a lot of people got to come through and cut their teeth. Very, very young David Spade, uh, Dana Carvey, you know, David Duchovny, um, you name it. Uh, anyone from that era came through it. And now that I'm older, I can appreciate that. I, I used to look at that and like, ah, this, this show looks boring, but it's, uh, I gotta say, if you can get past the 1992 look, yeah, it's, it's definitely entertaining. I'll say that. So, uh, if you are a fan of comedy, check out the Larry Sanders show just for, nostalgia or not nostalgia just for um research purposes just so you can know understand a little bit better the history of you know just the history of comedy and where a lot of comedians drew their inspiration from i heard some 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 comedians talk about how um when they watch that show um they're like oh yeah that's the behind the scenes is pretty accurate (laughs) yeah exactly and that's what i'm loving i'm just like man it's just dysfunctional as shit and i i can I, i can fully He's just a neurotic mess. He's yeah. never, you know, he always needs people to build him up and tell him that he's good. And even when they do, he doesn't believe him. And I'm like, man, this has got to be what show business is like. This really yeah. has to be it. You know, producers constantly kissing his ass and just, you're the best. And then he turns around and he goes, we got to get this fucking guy, you know, like this two faced <laughs> producer and the booking agent. It's, it's, it's very fun to watch. So, yeah. That's anyway, hilarious. Doug, what do you got? Uh, I've got something that you've already uh, recommended as well as a bajillion other people, but I just started watching uh, The House of Dragon. On HBO, the uh, oh. Game of Thrones spinoff. Like I've heard nothing but good things about, it, and I'm like, fine, fine. I had to shake off still sure. the Game of Thrones, like just grossness that was that. And yeah. uh, I was hooked right away, hooked in, wow. loved it. And uh, I think I, I don't know what episode I've on. I've, I've watched I think most. I don't even know how many episodes there are, um, but I've watched a lot of them so far. And uh, fucking great, you know, for a show that actually doesn't have a ton of action either. Honestly, no, it's a very story driven. Yeah. Moon says Matt Smith is in it. Matt Smith's great in it. Like a lot of great actors. And I also like how it takes place over a period of time. Like not just you get to see some of these characters age and different actors play and and stuff like that, which is really cool. It also just makes me feel solidifies that I was like, I never want to have any any station or power in my life. 
because yep. while we're not quite like that, I mean, it, there's got to be some sort of semblances to what you got to do to hold on to power. The idea of bloodlines and succession and all that yeah. shit, like as it's happening, like I get why this character is doing that. I get why that character is doing that because it makes sense. And you realize that all this sort of uh, this idea that like we have to, you know, make sure our bloodline stays true just makes things it creates problems for the future because Absolutely. all you're doing is creating multiple people who could, who are going to fight for the throne and that's all right. it is. And it's like, God, what a fucking nightmare. Let me ask you about, uh, your stance, your typical stance, uh, on prequels, which once you shared, I adopted as well. Yeah. And I didn't mind, I didn't mind this. And I, I was trying to figure out exactly why I think it was, I think it was because it happened so so long before the original. It was 172 maybe, years before, uh, yeah, before the original. So, like, I yeah. don't, I don't know. Is, like, that, is that why you're okay with it? Or, I don't know how like, any of this stuff, like, I know how this stuff will play out in the future and things like that, but this is so concentrated on this family. I was like, I don't know the, the connections to everything, how it, sure. you know, you see things like, yeah, I'm so-and-so from, you know, Winterfell. I'm like, oh, hey, it's the Starks. But it's like, who gives a shit? You know, right. Baratheon's like, oh, cool, the Lannisters. All right, cool, I know that. They mentioned the Tullys and things of that nature. But I don't I don't see the direct connections. There's no, like, cameos or anything that's like, wink, wink, nod, nod sort of right. sort of stuff. It's just, this is this thing that happened before with this, with this group of people that didn't exist, you know, very much in, in Game of Thrones because their house yeah. had basically been eradicated. So it's like, oh, here they are. It's, it's almost like... The excitement to some degree in the prequels are like, look at all these Jedi, you know, because right. there weren't that many in Star right. Wars. Now look at all of them. It's like, look at all these Targaryens. They're everywhere. The world's just rotten dragons. with them. Yeah. There's dragons <laughs> everywhere. And uh, it's just yeah. very enjoyable. I don't know. I, like I said, because it's not such a, they're not trying to be like, hey, you remember how this, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. Like directly connecting the stuff. They make a couple references and stuff like that. But, you know for the most part it's just like this is the story of these people in this world here are some right. uh places that are familiar here's king's landing here's dragonstone you know here's some stuff they're like oh yeah i've seen some of this stuff before i remember this but yeah. it's just you know oh it's 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 pretty well done i think it's very it's extremely well acted but boy what i there's it's what, what a I'm talking too much about this. This segment shouldn't be this long. But one quick thing is just there's there's a couple ways they edited the scenes where I just felt very anxious. Where I'm like, shit's yeah. about to go down. Oh, shit's about to go down. They, I don't know. My, everything they're doing is telling me like something's not right. Something bad's gonna happen. I was like, why are they cutting there? They're cutting there. Why are they cutting so fast? What's happening? I'm like, huh, huh, this isn't did good. The, did you get to the episode yet where they where they have the dog fight with the dragons? No, I haven't gotten there yet. That's oh a good one. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, the wedding. I was like, something feels off about this wedding. Oh, weddings why. are good. <laughs> I was like, this is, uh, why are they focusing? This is too much. We're focusing on dancing. And then there's like cutting away to different people talking. And it's like, ah, uh, uh. And then there was like, oh, here's the funeral where everyone who hates each other is forced into some place for the time being. It's like, oh, it this, is, scene. this is not going to go well at all. Like, <laughs> where everyone's done shit to each other, then more shit happens. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God. This is never going to end well for anybody. You know, it's just, oh, it's very intense. It's funny because it's basically like a soap opera in a lot of ways, but I don't know. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's well done. I, I, in, the, in the guise of this is a lot of how things used to be, not obviously with dragons and shit, but the idea of lineage and bloodlines and who rules yes. and challenging succession. Yes. Who's like a true born? Who's a bastard son? Who is this? Is it a male? Is it a female? Like all that shit. 
very much took place, you know, right. in, in the Honoring medieval ages. Fucking tradition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just recently rewatched The King on Netflix. And one part of that is like the idea of England and France not getting along and what they were, you know, one of the, the former king was trying to press, you know, how the current king doesn't actually have the right to rule over France because of X, Y, and Z, because of this law and because of succession. So therefore we have a claim to this. I'm like, what an exhausting world to right. be a part of. And we have our own fun challenges nowadays, but that like the idea of like, you've got to fuck your aunt because we got to make sure that based on bloodlines, this is the best way to have the most claim to the throne. Right. And you're like, uh, no thanks. Not unless she's stuck. You know, otherwise, you know, you know. Your aunt's stuck in the wash basin. Yeah. What are you doing, step bro? You know what I mean? And on that note. And on that note, everyone, I just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. This was this was so great. Had so much fun. We brought the energy, we brought the pain, we brought the laughs, we brought it all, you know? And uh, if you want to catch more of this, check us out on all our social medias at MindGap Podcast. Check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Podcast. If you're on YouTube checking us out, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. That shit is free. We, all the stuff we provide to you is free. And that those likes, those subscribes, they mean a lot to us. Thank you for watching. Share this around with folks. It really helps us. Uh, with just being able to create more free content for you. And if you're feeling generous, you want to throw some money our way, check out our merch, redbubble.com. Link is in the description down below, along with a link to our Patreon, patreon.com slash mindgappodcast. And also join our Discord. Be part of the MindGap family. And uh, link is in the description down below. Check that out. And be sure to check out Justin online as well. On Instagram, you can follow me at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online realm... All the places where you go and listen to quality podcasts, you will find us. So go ahead and find us on there. Subscribe, rate, review, like, uh, anything else you can do, share. That's a big one. We love when you do that. means the world to us. And then 2east8th.com and 2east8th on all social medias and loveandimprovfilm.com and loveandimprovfilm on Instagram. Yes. Well, with that being said, I want to say, Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you so much. Chat, thank you. Listeners, thank you. And you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.